Welcome to the Smart Pacific Podcast from the PTC. Introducing more insights from ICT thought leaders in the Pacific and beyond is your host, Steve McClelland. In this episode, Smart Pacific is on the road. The Australian Communications and Media Authority is rightly recognised for its leadership and innovation in regulatory policy. We caught up with Narita Lachlan, chair of ACMA, to discuss the emerging climate for regulators everywhere. I first asked her what she considered the current challenges facing regulators to be. Look, I think the principal challenges are just the sheer pace of change of technology and services, the global nature of those services these days, the disruption of our traditional industries and the sectors that we've normally regulated. So putting all that together, how do we make sure that important public policy objectives, such as diversity, access to services... Uh, cultural identity, consumer safeguards, how do we as regulators make sure that they're still delivered in this fast-changing, rapid-moving environment? And I think that's the main challenge we face in the years ahead. ACMA is one of the world's first converged regulators, encompassing telecom and broadcasting. It's been a very interesting idea, but how is it working out? Oh, I think it's quite cohesive now. We're structured around outcomes rather than being structured around sectoral uh, boundaries. So, for example, our content and consumer division looks at content issues across broadcasting, online, and increasingly in areas of community concerns such as online gambling. So it's been much easier to do that rather than create another part of the department, part of the agency that's only focused on a particular sector. So I think it's been very successful. It was a challenge at the beginning for stakeholders because of of course they had to deal with a number of areas of the agency but I think that's benefited the agency as well because we haven't got stuck just one area captured by one stakeholder. But is the environment now just too complicated to regulate? We have a 5G wave coming, we have an AI wave coming We have an IoT wave coming, there's cross-sectoral issues and other matters such as cyber security. Look, I think we have to. I think consumers do expect us to be able to. I think what's happened, all those things have in common, which is the centrality of communications networks to economic development and social cohesion. And so really what's the role of the communications regulator in that space and what's the role of other sectoral regulators? So in Australia we've been doing some work on 5G And as part of that, we put together a 5G working group, which was not just the communications regulator and department, but the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Transport, the Department of Infrastructure, because each of those have a regulatory framework which can inhibit or enhance innovation in their sectors. I think it's going to be incumbent on regulators to work much more closely with other sectoral regulators and working internationally with regulators to achieve those outcomes for consumers and industry. We've seen regulators thinking about ex-ante issues, ex-post issues, cross-sectoral issues. What regulatory approaches do you prefer? Look, I think you use every regulatory tool you have available to you, depending on the issue. I think there is 
um, perhaps in Australia, an over-reliance on ex-post rather than ex-ante. And I think we're looking at, as is the government, uh, looking at what's the right consumer safeguard framework in the telco sector for the future and what are the right regulatory tools for the regulator to have and for us to use. And that might be ex-ante, it might be ex-post. We have a strong co-regulatory system, whether that's the right framework for going forward, but also using our softer powers in terms of educating the uh, consumers along the way. So my theory is, you know, use every trick in the book that you've got. How should regulators approach issues such as government needs or government mandates or industrial or innovation policy issues? Look, I think it's always been um, part of the landscape in these areas of fast-moving technology. You don't want to stop the innovation, but you certainly want to protect from harms. And really it's incumbent on the regulator to deeply understand the technology and how it's being used. So it can have a a much deeper understanding of what what problems might arise and how they might be best confronted by the regulator. Um, I think also in terms of our regulatory tools, we could wait for the perfect regulatory framework to, to be developed. It never is perfect and one wouldn't want to use that as an excuse for inaction of just getting on with the job of regulating as we see it with the tools that we've got today. In many countries, the job of the regulator has come down essentially to regulating the incumbent in the past. Is that still the case or is it a diminishing case Or is it one of several cases? I think it's one of a number of cases. We still have quite a lot of incumbent uh, regulation and uh, regulatory reform is always difficult for governments and parliament. Uh, We've had a a hung parliament for quite some time, so regulatory reform is quite tricky. Though the competition regulator at the moment is doing a very large inquiry around digital platforms and looking at a range of issues. Now, that's not an area that Australia has done much work in, although we have some responsibility around online gambling. But what are the regulatory frameworks that may need to sit around those platforms in the future? So we are, and we ourselves, the ACMA, are also looking at those as well, given our responsibilities for things like content. So how is content delivered over those platforms? What are those audiences getting? Do they understand what they're getting? I think that's going to be a, a, a big uh, emphasis for us going forward. In terms of the incumbents, the broadcasters are not my problem. They just get on with things. But we do have significant concerns around telecommunications companies at the moment, and particularly around the complaints handling, customer service, all those issues. That's a real incumbent problem for us, which we will be tackling. Do you find there are growing tensions now being brought to your desk from infrastructure-based operators about the entry of OTT players into the country? Absolutely. I think the pressure that those OTT players or the FANGs are putting on communication networks in which they don't invest is a huge issue for Australian telcos. We're also with the department looking at just what is the investment framework for telecommunications companies going forward. It's very tricky. They've got pressure on their networks from both the OTTs, they've got pressure on their networks in a distrib- in such a large geographic area of Australia where many areas are actually non-commercial to provide. Where's their next revenue stream going to come from? A lot of people are placing their emphasis on 5G, but I think that business case is untried at this point in time. So we're really interested in understanding from the industry where they see their growth coming from and supporting that growth. 
In a previous life, you also managed Australia's analogue TV switchover per spectrum release. What lessons are there to be learned here? In a wider sense, do you anticipate future platform changes of spectrum or other kinds? That's a very big question. Switchover was 10 years in total from the beginning of settling a regulatory framework. My engagement was at the pointy end, well actually it was at the beginning as well, but also at the pointy end of the actual switchover. I think the lesson, the main lesson I learnt was to go local, to go as close to the community as you can to get your messaging out, to use those community networks that are so important in, in society to both get some of your messages out but to give you feedback about things, how things are going. We also to set up quite a, a big issue around reception because as we went through switchover, of course, there were always reception issues. And while reception wasn't our core business, it had to be our core business because that was the thing that was affecting audiences. My other learning was that people in regional and remote areas are far more sophisticated about their understanding of broadcasting than people in metropolitan areas. And they knew exactly where their tower was, they knew exactly which antenna they needed to buy. So again, going local uh, was the big learning for me. I think, and the engagement of the broadcasters in the process an extensive range of uh, consumer groups and community groups that we used to advise us. The retail sector was on board as well, so it was a really highly collaborative process. I think there will be additional switchovers in the future, and I think that the lessons learned from that process will serve us well in the future. I'm probably a little too old to do one again. What's on your desk at the moment? On my desk at the moment, uh, we're looking at the settling our new corporate plan, which is always a good future-looking process. And our three sort of key strategies coming out of that are around spectrum management. We are looking to auction spectrum in 3.6 gig for 5G in towards the end of the year, late in the year. So that's a very big piece of work and a high priority for the telcos in Australia. The second part, I suppose, is the consumer safeguards piece, looking at what are the gaps in complaints handling, uh, service delivery, quality of service, particularly by the telcos to consumers, and what are consumers' expectations. It's fair to say that consumers' expectations these days are much higher than ever before because they rely on networks just so profoundly in everything they do. And the third piece, I think, is looking at the future regulatory frameworks. What can we get rid of? What can we sweep out of the way? What do we as the regulator need to understand and be looking at for the future so that we are getting that balance right between promoting competition, promoting innovation and protecting consumers and others from harm? Finally, what do you think of regulatory futures? Is it feasible to adopt multi-sectoral approaches? There are other areas. We've, I was recently meeting with some of the people like the energy regulators. It's a very you know, utility-based regulation, quite sophisticated products, quite interesting consumer issues around price, quality of service, and in some respects quite similar companies to what we are dealing with, and some respects some of the same companies that we're dealing with, particularly smaller telcos, the MVNOs who've come into the industry... When we're building a national broadband network, it means they don't need to invest in their own network. So we've got many more small companies entering the market, most of them extremely well behaved and providing good services, some not so much. So I think 
we do have similarities with other regulatory environments. The technical nature of this industry is extreme, but that's why we have so many good technical people on board to understand it. But I think there are things that we can learn from each other, and that's what I mean about regulators working together so we understand both our own sectors but also where there are similarities and learnings from other sectors that we can, we can learn from. Nerida Rathlothin, thank you very much. Thank you. That's it from Smart Pacific. Show notes are available on the PTC website at ptc.org. Check them out. Thanks for listening. PTC is the premier global nonprofit membership organization promoting ICT in the Pacific Rim. Get involved in the world's most dynamic ICT region. Join PTC today. Participate in PTC seminars and conferences. Engage in PTC research programs. Make web contributions to PTC outreach. Share our dialogue and these PTC podcasts. Help us by rating them on iTunes. For more information about what PTC can do for you, see ptc.org.